Welcome to the Story Table, brought to you by Providence Church in Lake Providence, Louisiana, where they want you to know that you are loved. Welcome back to the Story Table. I've been on the road a lot uh, with the speaking season, and there have just been all kind of things stacking up in me that I wanted to tell y'all. So I have an inspirational letter that I'm going to read to you in just a moment. I'm going to put that there so I can give you my full attention and tell you this other story. I had mentioned on Instagram and Facebook last week when I was in... um, I was about to say Yukon, Oklahoma, but it wasn't. It was Wills Point, Texas. And I told you about the enemy being exposed and something that had just happened, and I wanted to share it with you. And it is Wednesday evening, about a week later, and I'm just now getting around to it. But I want this on record. So here's what happened. I was unpacking the car Uh, to set up the product table, and this dear sweet lady named Jackie was there. I was at Roundem Up Cowboy Church in Wheels Point, Texas, and looking forward to a fantastic evening with them. And as we were unpacking the car, I happened to say to Jackie, have I ever been here? And it was kind of a strange question for me to ask. I took a right turn from whatever we were talking about, and just all of a sudden I said, have I ever been here to this church? I don't think I have. And Jackie said, and this is where it got interesting to me. She said, well, if I, to tell you the truth, I think that's how she said it. To be honest with you, that's what she said. To be honest with you. Well, that got my attention because that was not your customary rejoinder. As my sister Rhonda would say, this was a yes or no question. It was not an essay question. (laughs) I think she got that off Dr. Phil. But it applies. This was not an essay question. So when she said, um, to be honest with you, she had my full attention. And then she told me that they had actually contacted me before to come to their church And I wish I could just do a direct quote here because it was so startling for me when she said, but we really couldn't meet all your uh, requirements, your demands, something like that. Pardon me? (laughs) If you know me, you know I have no demands. And so I was immediately intrigued and I said, what do you mean exactly? And she said, began to tell me this story about this other friend in the church. Her name was Jackie as well. And she said that Jackie Beasley had contacted me uh, back when I was putting on the Shindig tour. So this goes back to 2017. And I had put flyers out on my table at this big event uh, called Cowgirl Get Together. Hey, cowgirls, that Michelle Carson was putting on in Tyler, Texas. And I had flyers on my table for churches to pick up and contact me if they wanted to be part of my shindig tour that my best friend Rhonda Perry and I were about to go on. 
This lady from her church, Jackie Beasley, picked up that paper, and she contacted me straight from that paper. So I really don't know how to explain what happened. But she began to tell me that Jackie communicated with someone on my staff. My staff. Pardon me while I laugh, but <laughs> I have no staff, and I tried to explain that quickly. And she said, well, you know, some somebody on your team, one, one of your people, well... <laughs> I am my people. But her reply was that in the email thread that resulted from that, I told them how many people had to be there that they had to guarantee would be there in order to get me to come to their church and a host of other demands that have nothing to do with my common practices of working with churches' budgets and their facilities because it was how much I had to have money-wise, how much, how many people had to be there, what type of mic I had to have, a, a list, but that gives you an idea. Well, clearly, whoever was going back and forth with Jackie from Roundem Up Cowboy Church was not speaking to me, nor any of my people, my imaginary people, nor any of my imaginary staff or my imaginary team. There's a couple things I want to tell you about this and, and why it's so tender to me. The first one is that even though those dear women at that church thought that I had responded that way and made those type of demands, they still reached out and asked me to come to their church. That humbled me when they, they asked again. So I said to her, this must have been hard for you to tell me. I'm so glad to know this so I can set the record straight. But this must have been hard for you to, to you know, say to me. And she said it was that she didn't really know she was going to, but I asked, and so she told me. I told her, I said, I can't believe y'all would have me here thinking I was that type of person. And she said, well, you remember last year when you went to Grand Saline? And I did. It was a church up the road from them. She said, we were really amazed, or they they had talked among themselves because their church was larger than that church, and they had all said, you know, why wouldn't Shelly come to our church if she would come to um, this fellowship in Grand Saline? And the answer is, of course, Shelly would. If Shelly had not been um, hacked or if someone wasn't impersonating her. I got things straight with those fine folks. And I have been looking for an opportunity to say this publicly online because of this reason. If someone was impersonating me and talking to that church, then I don't know who else may have gotten into that kind of a communication thread with whoever this imaginary person was. But I want you to know, you do not have to guarantee a certain number of people to come to your church or any of those other demands in order to get me to come and talk about Jesus. As a matter of fact, when I called, I got back to the hotel room and I called my friend Rhonda Perry, who travels with me a lot, and I was telling her this story. She was just flabbergasted because she knows me so well. She knows that this would be impossible. 
uh, for me to make those kind of demands. And she said, Shelly, did you tell them you would talk to the cows in the pasture about Jesus if they invited you? And I said, I did. I did. I told them that. So anyway, that's my story. And I would appreciate it if you would spread that word if you are a women's ministry event coordinator or anything like that at your church and you have gotten some sort of suspect communication from me like Jackie and the ladies at Roundem Up Cowboy Church thought they had. Not me, people. Not me. I want to tell you another story. The weekend before I was at Wills Point, I was in Yukon, Oklahoma, and I met a lady named Beverly Milas, who was in a wheelchair. She had her own little product table set up. She made beautiful uh, animals and other objects out of, I think it's called tatting. It's not knitting. I think it's called tatting. But she was just a bundle of energy and just a sweet, sweet personality. And I began to ask her throughout the weekend about her story, and she told me bits and pieces of her story and why she was in a wheelchair. But when I got home, she wrote me a letter, and she sent me some images that I'm going to post on my website of herself and her twin sister at different stages in her life and um, so that you could really see the, I hate to even say disability because she doesn't use it. I don't know how she would say that, but just to see uh, how she was born, and she sent me some of those images, and I'm going to share them with you because I have cleared this with her and asked her if I could. That said, she wrote me this letter, and I want to read it to you. I think it stands alone. You've often, or maybe you have not heard me quote this, but I have said this quote a hundred thousand times in my life since I first heard it. It was from Helen Keller, and it says, there's a lot of suffering in the world and a lot of the overcoming of it. That resounds with me. I know life can be hard. I know life can be hard when life is good. But I also know that you can choose how to respond to the hard things. And I just want to inspire you today with this letter from Beverly that so inspired me. So I'm just going to read straight from her letter. She said, Dear Shelley, I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoyed you at the conference. Although I wasn't inside, they did have it piped out to the halls in our product tables. I didn't miss a beat. God has been stretching me, Shelley, to get out of my comfort zone. I am signing again for worship. In other words, she means sign language. And I'm going back to school to be certified. I will then be signing for the entire service. Once that happens, we will reach out to the deaf community. If I had the use of my leg, Shelly, I wouldn't have the use of my hands. Gosh, I want to read that one more time. If I had the use of my legs, I wouldn't have the use of my hands. As a kid, I wanted to dance. Now I do, with my hands, for God. In high school, someone asked me why God allowed me to be born this way, and I responded with, God didn't allow it. I am perfectly and wonderfully made. I was created by his hand. What others see as a deformity or disability, I see as a gift. I'm not in denial about my physical limitations, Shelley. My legs don't work. Simple as that. But I am not disabled. 
In my experience, disabilities can be a mindset. I've met those who use their disability as a way to be a victim of their circumstance. I am not a victim. This can be applied to almost anything. You can either give it to God and be victorious or wallow in it and be a victim. No, it's not easy. It's a daily walk with God. I'm not perfect in that walk by no means. A while back, our Wednesday night Bible study was studying about David. God was faithful helping him defeat lions and bears. When it came time for him to slay the giant, he was able to draw strength from the lions and bears. In my world, Shelley, lions and bears are body image, limitations put on me by others, insecurities, etc. With God's help, I keep those lions and bears at their cub stage. He helps me keep them from being full grown. My first lion was a doctor. My folks were told I would never walk. I slayed that lion when I walked across the platform of the church at the age of four. My first bear was the school board. They had never allowed a handicapped child to attend. I was the first. Mom helped with that fight by going to the board and demanding I be allowed to attend with my sister. They learned very quick to never tell me no. If Brenda, that's her twin, was allowed to do it, I was too. This included jumping from swings, climbing the dome, and even trees. I spent time in the school office because I asserted my right to be a kid. Mom wasn't happy to get the call at work, with the only complaint being that I was playing like all the other kids. As an adult, I was privileged to teach in a special ed preschool. My interview was pretty hairy. This was when I still used crutches full time. The head honcho came in. I was sitting at the preschool table on chairs, crutches behind the block shelf. She couldn't see them. She began to ask questions on how I would assist a child who needed to go potty. I stated I wouldn't help unless they asked. There were several questions like this. She was wanting me to help them no matter what. Finally, she asked where I had gone to school to learn not to help special needs kids. I'll answer that in a bit. Would you like something to drink, I asked. Without waiting for the answer, I got my crutches, went to the kitchen, grabbed a tray, three glasses of ice, and the tea pitcher. I carried it out to the table with one hand. Try to decide if I should read this next line, but I'm going to. Beverly says, boobs come in handy with crutches. I put it down on the table, poured us all a drink, and took a deep breath. And I told her, I was born with arthriogyposis multiplex congenita. I think I'll try it again. I was born with arthrogyposis multiplex congenita. I graduated from the School of Hard Knocks. To teach a disabled child helplessness not only puts undue stress and hardship on the child, but also the world around them. Kids are born to learn and figure things out. If you don't allow them to fight on their own, their world will be filled with hardships. If they need help, I will ask. If their struggle's getting too much, I will ask if they need help. But I will not do things for them. I will show them how to do it on their own. Shelly, I got that job. Three months later, I was up for an evaluation. Mrs. Bigwig showed up at recess. 
One of the boys was stuck at the top of the climber and freaking out. The other teachers were afraid of heights. I dropped my crutches and climbed to the top. When he calmed down, I helped him. Put this foot here, I said, this hand over there. Now, this foot goes here. When he reached the lower bars, he was able to hang and jump the two feet to the ground. Shelly, I got a $3 an hour raise after that. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Satan will use fear. It's one of his strongest weapons. We have to allow God to be our strength. There's a reason the full armor of God doesn't have anything covering our back. It's because God's got your back. If you let him. Signed, Beverly Milas. I hope you enjoyed that letter today. Again, you can go to my website and I'm going to post it along with some images of Beverly as she was growing up. She's in a wheelchair full time now. She used crutches for a long time, but as her legs got weaker and weaker, she did have to use her chair. But as you can tell from the letter that I just read you, she is absolutely no one's victim. You would enjoy her in person if you ever had the opportunity to cross her path. That's about it for today. Thank you for being part of my community. It's always a pleasure to connect with you. I want to speak a blessing over you and bid you farewell. May the love of God, the grace of Christ Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Take care. Until next time, bye-bye.